Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Buy a Business Near Me, brought to you by the Business Radio X Ambassador Program, helping business brokers sell more local businesses. Now, here's your host. Welcome to another exciting and informative edition of Buy a Business Near Me. Stone Payton here with you this morning. Please join me in welcoming to the broadcast with Transworld Business Advisors, Dr. Doug Brown. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Stone. How are you this fine morning? I am doing well, and I have had the pleasure of having on-air conversations with a couple of other folks in the Transworld Business Advisors system. Always informative, always inspiring. So I've really been looking forward to this conversation. What part of the country are you serving, man? Where, where is, uh, where's your geo, as my wife would say? Well, our office is based in Richmond, Virginia, and serves most of Virginia. I operate out of Williamsburg myself. What a beautiful area of the country. How in the world did you get into this line of work, man? What's the backstory? Well, the backstory is I wish I would have discovered it about 20 years sooner. I had a um, small business myself in Atlanta after the uh, dot-com crash and all of that. And uh, most of the people I knew weren't getting employed, so I decided to hire myself, started a small business, and it was doing pretty well. Um, until I got notified that my reserve unit was going to be called up for the Gulf War. And I didn't think I could run a startup small business from that distance. So I went to sell it and I was successful in that, but that's where the problems began. And that would not have happened had I had a business uh, broker, which I didn't even know was a thing at the time. So I went about my way and I went off. So when I came back uh, from the Army, I um, did business consulting work of different kinds for many years. And um, a few years back, Transworld uh, contacted me and said, hey, you know, you're doing this consulting stuff. Have you thought about being a business broker? And well, no, because I didn't know that that was a thing. So they told me about it and showed me what they did. And I fell in love with it right away. It's really something I wish I would have found decades sooner. I just like working with small business owners, helping them achieve the best they can with the assets that they have. And then for many of them, it's, um, that's their, that's their retirement plan. So you really want to always, makes me always want to do the best I can for them. Well, and there really are, I'm learning so many moving parts on both sides of the equation, buyer and, and seller alike. After, uh, hosting this series now for a little while, I cannot imagine being a buyer or a seller without someone with your expertise in, in, in this domain. There are just there are too many ways to get it done. There there are plenty of opportunities to uh to stumble. So are you finding that you gravitate to a certain type of individual, a certain type of buyer, a certain type of uh seller, certain types of businesses? Well Stone, I do uh what we call the main street businesses, which is the ones that have revenues Revenue is typically between a half a million and five million. You get much bigger than that. You're starting to get into stock transactions, which takes a whole lot of different licensing and so forth. And it's a different kind of a sale. Um, so no, I, uh, we, I don't pick a particular industry to work with. Um, because in the end, the sales process, other than, you know, how you, 
how you inventory the product and that kind of thing is is pretty much the same across all those smaller businesses and the places you advertise is pretty much the same. Uh, you know, there are some sub-communities in there like the convenience stores and gas stations that seem to have their own ecosystem going on. But for the, for the rest of them, uh, it's pretty much the same across the board, and that's who I serve. Okay, let's talk about funding a little bit on the on the buyer side. Let's uh, hypothetically say that my wife, Holly, is not going to let me tap into her 401 to buy this business I've got my eye on. It's okay. I've got some options, right? Can you walk us through some places I ought to be le- looking at or, or, or thinking about for funding that business here on Main Street in, in Woodstock, Georgia? Yeah, sure. And um, I mean, first, let me say that, you know, there's this perception that money going into a small business is risk money. And that's mostly because the dot-com stuff, you know, you do a startup, you might lose all your money. But if you're buying an existing small business that's making a profit, you know what you're getting. It's been doing it for two or three years. It's going to continue doing it. And, you know, historically, those returns have been greater than what you can get out of the regular markets. But to your point, there are, you know, people that don't want to use their own money to buy it. The Small Business Administration's loans is what people tend to think about. And they're not as readily available in the Main Street market as you would think. Because, well, first of all, it's a misnomer that the Small Business Administration is doing anything other than providing a guarantee. It's actually a program that the lenders will use to guarantee the loans that they issue. So lenders have different rules for what they're going to do. But for the most part, you got to start out with three years of the last three years being profitable. And, you know, a couple of years ago, you could get away with saying, but COVID, but that's kind of going away now. Um, and you got to be profitable enough not only to throw away, throw up enough income to service the loan, of course, but also to provide the owner. You know, the requirement is that the owner has to be the operator of the business. So this business has to throw off enough money to pay the owner what they consider to be a reasonable salary. So you can't say I'm going to run a 20 person accounting firm and I'm going to pay myself 20,000 a year. No, that that doesn't work. Um, so it's not that easy to get small business administration financing, which means if they won't touch it for the most part, most of the banks and the the other lenders won't either. Uh, the non-SBA type lenders, they typically have deal sizes that are at least 350000 A lot of them are higher than that. Um, some of them will require nets, annual nets on the order of you know three hundred fifty or 400000 So at least for the market I'm in, Getting financing from a third party is only for the best of the best. Uh, if you can get that, that's great, and it makes it a lot easier to get a buyer. Otherwise, and in most of the deals on the Main Street level, the seller is going to have to provide quite a bit of the financing. Okay, so say more about that because I, I do. I walked into hosting this series, and I've been hosting it for several months now. My picture of how this worked was. I write you a check, you hand me the keys, and, and um, deal structure can look a lot different than that, and, uh, and, and the seller can finance all part. There's a lot of different ways to, to do it, and the seller be involved in helping finance the thing, yes? Absolutely. Uh, one of the, the rules I, I tell buyers that I'm working with and sellers is if the buyer's coming in asking you to borrow the money to buy the business with, then they don't really get to negotiate what the price of the business is. Mm. 
And the seller is going to require the buyer to put down enough money to where if the buyer should happen to drive the business into the ground and the business then says to the seller, well, I'm sorry, we just can't pay you those debt payments we were talking about. Yeah, there's a personal guarantee. Um, a lot of sellers are unwise and refuse to pay the fee to a credit bureau to run the credit checks on the buyer. But even so, there's a lot of things that doesn't pick up. I mean, you really don't know if this person would be good at running a business or not. Right. So the seller's going to require enough of a down payment that if this whole seller financing thing blows up on them, they walk away with enough money. They feel like they didn't just give this guy their business and now they got nothing. So. I have, just to see what they say, I've attended some of these seminars where they talk about buying a business with nothing out of pocket. Mm -hmm. One of the important things there is they don't say nothing down. That's not happening. Nothing out of pocket means you can razzle-dazzle some ways to finance the inventory to do some stuff where you can produce a check at the closing table that isn't actually your money as the buyer. But the seller's not going to just turn their business over to you and let you borrow the rest of the money from them and walk away. Unless the business is just such a nightmare that they want to get you know get rid of it. It's kind of like having a boat. You know, nobody <laughs> sells it. Nobody sells a boat. They give it to some other schmuck. <laughs> oh, I resemble that remark. I grew up on the Gulf well, Coast. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. Okay, so let's talk about the corporate guy, the corporate gal. Good career, you know, still wants to stay there at least during this transition period. You probably have some, I don't know if this is the right term or not, absentee business, but something where I don't have to be there Monday through Friday in, in the early going. Is that is that doable? If you've got money, anything is doable. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, a lot of people say that. The first thing that certainly we always tell them as a business broker is there's no such thing as an absentee business. If you think that, you might, you know, what would you pay to own an ATM? Uh, you know, you walk up to it, you take money out of it, and you come back when you feel like it. That that would be very expensive. Um, it is possible, of course, um, but you're going to pay a lot of good money for it, and it would be a pretty good investment if you did it. But that's not your typical business. You, you're still going to have to have some hands on the owner if the owner was operating it at all. And so let's just separate that out. You know, if you've got a business that's more than say three or four million dollars in revenue, then they've got a full-time professional person or two that's actually running the place. And yeah, you can buy it uh, as a semi-absentee investor, but it's going to cost you, you know, two or three million dollars to buy that business. You know, if you want to have an affordable business, it's going to make the assumption that you are actually the owner slash operator of it. And you're going to have to, to do stuff. Now, you may not have to be the person that opens the shop every day and sweeps up the floor at the end of the night but you're going to have to be involved. The more the business can run itself, the more of a premium it's going to command. But I would actually respond to the corporate part that we were just talking about. There's a lot of people that come out of corporate and say, oh, well, I've, you know, I used to be a, a finance manager, or a budget manager, a contracts manager. Or I was a line, you know, business manager, VP of 300 people. You know, I know how to manage people. Well, and I can actually tell you this from my own experience because the business I started was a blue collar business and I'd come out of that same corporate world. People in the kind of trades where you actually work for a living make decisions a lot differently from people that go to office and satisfy their boss for a living. Hmm. 
And um, managing people in that environment is completely different. A lot of people I talk to that are coming out of corporate world that have a chunk of money, the first thing they tell me is, I don't want to buy a franchise. Let me get this right now. You want to buy a business you know nothing about, in an industry you know nothing about, managing people you don't understand, and you want to figure out how to do this by yourself so that you're not paying a franchise or a $50,000 fee or whatever it is to buy a model that a thousand other people have proven works. And all you got to do is do what they do. And the least you're going to do is a decent rate of return. But no, you know, if you don't want to do that, then we'll go find you a one-off business. And it's astounding the number of folks that we work with that are buyers that don't want anything to do with franchises because they don't want to pay that six, 7% royalty, whatever it is. And yeah, I get it. It changes the profit picture, but not really knowing how to run the business and run it into the ground is a whole lot less profit than giving somebody a 10% rake off. Amen. So you've been at this a while now. What are, what are you finding the most rewarding, man? What's the, what's the most fun part about the, about the work for you? Well, I'm fortunate enough that I have other sources of income. So, I, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say that, yeah, cash in the commission checks is the most exciting part. Um, although I like to do that. But that really isn't what it's about for me. I really enjoy working with small business owners. Um, I, I like and I enjoy just seeing what they do every day. You go in, you see how these businesses operate. Um, you see people who come into work and are happy to work every day doing what they do in all kinds of different industries. It's just curiosity stimulating for me as to how they work. And I really like working with these folks who have worked for many years, trying, you know, trying to build up this business and make an asset out of it. Because, you know, the sad part is almost 90% of businesses, small businesses, when the owner leaves, they get nothing. Either they don't bother to sell it or they can't sell it or whatever. And they're, you know, a lifetime of something they thought that was going to be their retirement ticket turns out to be nothing. And, you know, I, I, I have that when I'm talking to folks in the back of my mind is I can't let you retire from 20 years of this business with nothing to show for, we got to do something to figure out how to get you a reasonable return. Well, talk about timeline a a little bit. If if I have, you know, just poured my heart into this thing for 20, 30 years, and I do have my eye on exiting, uh, let's talk about timeline, timing. When do I need to reach out and start having conversations with you to kind of get my ducks in in a row? Because there's some things I need to get set up to get the, the, the most for it and have a good, clean deal, right? Right. So the answer to that is now or maybe last year. <laughs> because here's what happens. Small business owners, if, especially if they're owner-operators, they're all busy, super busy. And planning for the future for some day that, you know, that could be five or ten years from now, I'm not ready to retire, I don't have time to spend time in some ivory tower exercise coming up with an exit plan and doing all that because, you know, i got plenty of time for that. My observation has been that someday has a habit of arriving tomorrow. Mm. And to your point exactly is there's a ton of things I could do to make my business more valuable to a buyer. But if I did them now or over the next couple of years, wouldn't be very expensive to do and wouldn't disrupt the business too much and they would be possible. But if I wait until I need to sell, those things are either 
super expensive to jam them in at the last minute or they're just not possible. So you really need to start, if you're thinking about retiring anytime in the next three or four years, you definitely need to start figuring out how that's going to work and start doing the things you need to do to make the business more valuable. If you need to retire right now, the reality is, and it may not be retire, right? It could be you get sick. It could be somebody in the family has an issue. It could be somebody offers you a fantastic opportunity to join in with them in some new venture, but you don't have time for it, so you need to sell the business. could be any of those things. It's going to take a business three to four months to close, even if you've got a buyer standing there right now that actually wants to buy it. And I'll tell you, half the people that half nothing, 90% of the people that say they want to buy a business and never buy any business. And I can tell you in 100% of the cases where a seller has told me, oh, I've got a buyer all lined up with, you know, my Uncle Charlie or the guy from the uh, my church choir or whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, have them show up here with a checkbook. You know, we should be able to get a deal done in no time. And, you know, I don't really need to charge you a significant commission for that. You know, we'll cut you, you know, we'll cut you the, cut you in on the deal as if you'd brought us the buyer. I have never seen one of those people show up yet. Never. Yeah, you need four to six months as a minimum. If if your timeline is I need to close this business right now, then you're in the liquidation sale business. Okay, so you're helping clients market and sell their business. How does the whole sales and marketing thing work for you? How do you get the new interest, the, the new clients? Um, well, partly by doing things like this, um, which is fun. And then partly the shoe leather way where, you know, you go out and you visit businesses and drop in on them and see what they're doing and meet the owner. Uh, we do have telemarketers. We do have mail campaigns. I don't like the corporate, and I'm not saying this about Transworld particularly, just the entire industry, the corporate telemarketer campaign where somebody calls up a business and say, hey, your industry is really hot and we got buyers that are waiting to buy your business at a premium price, give us a call today. I don't like that yeah. because we don't have a buyer like that uh, usually. I and mean, if we do, we do. But the problem is they've, they've heard it so often that there have been occasions. I have a couple of buyers right now. One guy really wants to buy automotive businesses. Have another guy, and weird enough that I'm working with, who is buying violin shops. I mean, what is that, right? <laughs> but decided to set up a national chain, so he's buying, he's buying shops. But they get these calls every day. So if I were to call somebody up and say, hey, I got a, a buyer interested in a shop like that. Yeah, sure. Fine. Click and now your number goes on spam. So I don't like that kind of thing. But it does go on. And, and for me, calling the business directly and talking to the owner is actually a pretty good way of doing it. But it, it's pretty tedious. <laughs> Well, and, and now, I mean, you working Main Street, as you put it, and being affiliated with an organization, the caliber of, of Transworld, one of your best tools, I'm sure, is just uh, like many of us, I mean, doing good work is an excellent sales tool, isn't it? Yeah, well, it it especially comes in handy when you're in the process, because you have buyers and sellers that want to argue about how it needs to be done. and. You know, model one is the real estate industry, which we are quite different from in some ways, but very like in other ways. We say, look, you know, you don't argue with your real estate agent about the form that they use to do disclosures. You know, let's not waste time with that. Um, You know, this approach that we've taken has worked, you know, works for several thousand businesses a year. You're really not going to be any different. There's no need for you to reinvent this wheel. And that, that usually quiets things down, which is handy. 
it's certainly handy being affiliated with transfer where I can look and see not just the stuff that's on the internet as far as what's for sale, because half that stuff isn't for sale and it doesn't sell at that price, but I can actually see what we've done in the last couple of years, what we've got on the books right now, and you can get a much better sense of what a reasonable price is going to be. Then, you know, I can go look on some of those big platforms and get an idea. But I don't know that, yeah, typically businesses like that sell for two or three times earning. But in the last two years, the best we've ever seen is one times earning. That's, you know, that's good information to have. Well, it's great information. I'm thinking like from my side of the table, if, if Lee Cantor and I, he's my business partner, if we were getting ready to to uh, sell all or part of Business Radio X and I reach out to you, you've probably somewhere in that repertoire across that system, you probably have some precedent of buying or selling some types of media companies that would give me, I guess, a, a level of, of comfort. So that, that must be nice to be able to lean on that. It is nice. And I will say that some of the large uh, business databases that the industry relies on, they are the best that there are out there, but they're by no means complete. And probably 50% of the time I go in there with a small business uh, obviously, you want to use those resources. I'm not going to name them because no point, you know, going there. But 50 percent of the time, I go in there, and the business I'm trying to list is not on their list of businesses that they have any data on. Mm. But if I go into the Transworld database, like you say, the odds are, if we haven't sold that kind of business exactly, we've sold something, you know, several, four or five things like it. Maybe not this year, maybe four or five years ago, but at least you get an idea not of what people are asking, which doesn't mean anything, but what they've actually got. All right. So uh, what's the best way for our listeners to connect with you, have a conversation with you about any of these topics? What's the best way for them to connect with you, man? Well, you can certainly call me on my phone anytime at uh, 202-599-9996, which works pretty well if you get the nines right. So it's 202-599-9996. Or you can email me at dbrown at tworld.com. Marvelous. Well, Doug, it has been an absolute pleasure having you on the program this morning. Thanks for investing the time and energy with us. And thank you for what you're doing. The, the work you're doing to me is just, it's so important. It's so critical. It's such a, a key aspect of what I think makes America great. I know I'm a little bit jaded, you know, being an entrepreneur, but being out there helping people exit properly, helping them acquire businesses. And uh, you're doing important work, man. And we, we sure appreciate you. Well, I appreciate what you're doing is letting people know how the industry works and you're not even charging them for it. That's, that's a great service. <laughs> well, it's my pleasure. All right, until next time, this is Stone Payton for our guest today with Transworld Business Advisors, Dr. Doug Brown, and everyone here at the Business Radio X family saying we'll see you again on Buy a Business Near Me.